Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me, as always, is my friend Michael Levoff. And Mike, uh, we are now multiple weeks after the Islanders season has ended. And we've heard from the players. We've seen a player sign. We've seen two players sign. We have not heard from the general manager. And we've not heard from the coach. And it's weird. It's weird. It's just, it's very bizarre that, that we're in this situation again uh, after last year. But I don't know. Did Was last year this long? This feels longer than than last year. I mean, we're officially like 10 days out, right? It's It's been been quite a while yeah i don't i I actually don't know i i would say that last year um maybe was as long and we just maybe are misremembering i because i (laughs) i think that they possible they fired trots on the night that the penguins and rangers played uh the penguins i think ended up winning chris Kreider got hit in the throat with a puck that night and was out for his next shift of course um i remember that and and i think also the i remember the i think the that was the night the leafs came back against the lightning in game five um and the reason i remember all this is because we had a work thing like a happy hour in the city and it was the first time i was going to see a lot of people from my job in in years and uh actually met up with mike smith Hmm. before going to that and we had a uh, a little grieving session about trots in a, you know, just a random bar in Midtown, and um, and then I got to wherever the the happy hour was and was watching Leafs and Lightning, and someone turned the TV off on me and turned on like a random basketball game, and I said, whoa, 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 and <laughs> they they're like, it's two nothing, like it's over. And, about the Leafs and the Lightning, and I get so mad. And I said, "If they, he's my friend, uh, mm. Anthony." And I was like, "I was like, if they can come back, I'm not talking to you for weeks." <laughs> um, and me and him, co- he's one of the co-hosts on Wonder Goal, so I told him that, and I said, "I'll, I'll talk to you. On- I'm only talking to you on air." And I held right. to my end of the bargain. Wow, I was so pissed. He's so he's young. He's young. He doesn't yeah. understand the right the power. But um, so that was <laughs> that was when that all happened. Uh, but the Islanders didn't make the playoffs, so that's that sounds probably middle of the second week of the playoffs. So we're right. probably in the same range, right? You consider the Islanders' season ended, then they had that's lockout, true. cleanout day, probably 
three days later yeah. um, or two or three days later. And then uh, the first round of the playoffs probably started right around then. Uh, mm-hmm. So so we're probably in the same range still. Yeah. If nothing comes out this week, I I'd be a little confused. But at the same time, <laughs> I was having this conversation today with um with Arthur Staple like they don't have to say anything like oh, Lane, yeah, Lambert, no, Lane Lambert <laughs> has a contract so yeah. it's not like they, the it's not com it is common practice for the coach to speak at the end of a season of mm, course yeah. and give his his two his uh two cents on uh the whole season especially in his first year and and whatever um but he's got a contract and Lou Lamarillo uh we We'll never know if he has a contract or not. He might just, he might just be an unpaid intern and just show up to work every day. And you know, like we, we don't know, right? Um, and, but he's never going to tell us anyway. So there's a chance that they just don't ever come out and say anything. Um, but and that that's not normal because most of uh, hockey teams, as I said, like GM and coach and, and all the fat cats give their take on the season but right. the islanders a are not normal and b like nobody's going to notice like one way or the other like oh yeah we could we could let people know like hey just so yeah. you know the islanders haven't you know done this you know yeah. done the whole song and dance yet they're just like oh, typical lou like yeah i mean if you asked 31 other teams i mean obviously a bunch of them are still in the playoffs so they they couldn't give a shit about the islanders right but if you asked the teams that have been either eliminated or never made the playoffs they don't know that that Lou's never spoken. They don't. They, they don't even know who the Islanders' coach is, let alone that he hasn't given an address at the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, this is very not normal. And you know what's funny? I I completely hadn't thought about what you just said, which is that last year they didn't make the playoffs. So of course it didn't seem as long because it wasn't like it just it, it just wasn't. It happened sooner after the season was over. But uh, it is weird. Now, I, I mean, I so do you have a theory as to why? this delay has happened because I have one and um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there, but I want to ask you first, do you have one that maybe you you think that, you know, why this delay has occurred? Yeah, I, I do. I think that there's a couple different things. Um, I have a feeling Scott Malkin is in town or something. Oh. Uh, and, and it does seem like Lou Lamarella, probably his contract probably was tied to Barry Trotz's, which we know was hmm. supposed to end this season. Um, so Lou's contract probably runs to June 30th. I think that's when the contracts usually expire for coaches and GMs. So I'm my thinking here is that they're probably, <laughs> you know, having a, a conversation about if if what he wants, how he sees the kind of uh, succession plan here, huh. if there if he even thinks there is one, and they're kind of having that conversation. Um, and if Lou doesn't come back, then I think there's a chance, or if he, if he wants a different role and he brings, wants to bring in a GM, uh, to work under him, if he, he, you know, everyone kind of just assumes maybe Lou will just kick himself upstairs. Mm. I just want to say this. There's just a good a chance as he'll kick himself downstairs as upstairs. This guy could be the head coach of the Islanders <laughs> with, with, with the way he works, right? Like, we don't know what this, he is, that, he's, uh, he's out of control like he is just a nut um but yeah so i think it's like them trying him trying to figure out like or them trying to figure out his deal Mm -hmm. and then he'll come out and say like i will be the gm next year um Mm -hmm. and you know whoever will be my coach but 
I would say last week I started to get um kind of the the tinglies that maybe something was up with with the staff, the coaching staff. Mm. I would say that I now I'm starting to think otherwise that I just think it's going to be status quo, but mm. who knows tomorrow I might wake up and think the opposite. Man. But I'm excited <sighs> to hear what <laughs> what yeah. you have to say. Well, well first of all, I hope it's not too status quo when I and I don't want to again push a guy out the open door of an airplane or anything but after what we've seen on the power play this year you can't bring John McClain back I get what you're saying but you can't do that like you Lane is one thing but like man you, you they cannot come back with this unless Johnny Mac is like okay I got a brand new whiteboard from Staples and I'm I got a new plan and we're gonna try and figure this out <laughs> I really don't think that's gonna work um that would be bad well uh you that's a very thoughtful answer and uh a very well sourced one as as I would expect from you, my answer is that um, I think Lane Lambert has been uh, abducted by aliens. I think they were here to, uh, you know, study Earth people's hair. They saw this guy. They're like, he's a pretty interesting fella. And they beamed him up. And they're probably uh, halfway <laughs> past the uh, moons of Jupiter right now. So uh, that's my theory. I think yours might hold a little bit more water. Mine is, uh, you know, I'm kind of a little out there. But uh, it's possible. But. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, but it's funny, like the, the Lou contract negotiation might actually kind of be a thing because they again, like we talked about this. And if you're if you're not subscribed to our Patreon, you would not have heard this because uh, you have to be a country club tier subscriber to hear our mailbag post. But we kind of talked about this a little bit, like maybe ownership has some like hard questions to ask Lou, like how come we don't score on the power play? <laughs> how come <laughs> we couldn't push the, the Hurricanes to seven games or get past them? And, you know, we weren't really, you know, outplayed all that much, according to our, our people. So that's entirely possible. But uh, we'll never know until yeah. they speak. <laughs> no, we won't. And yeah. uh, even when they do speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, who knows? Like, yeah. it's just, it's. Speaking riddles. <laughs> like, yeah. Riddles, yeah. Uh, but it's. We live on on an well, I live on an island, but you know, spiritually, like we all live on an island with this team, right? Like, it's hard when you live on an island to for things to not get out. And we talk about this a lot with the cone of silence and how impressive it is. Uh, impressive, as in, like, it's impressive that they can pull it off. Not impressive, like, oh, I love it. You know, sometimes we love it, sometimes we hate it. Sometimes I think this time we kind of are in between where we're just like, you know, it's kind of amusing. Uh, it's giving you it's it's giving you something to look forward to a little bit. Almost, it was like, fun when they were winning. We that that was our yeah. whole thing. Was yeah, uh, but like this one, I think this one's okay. Like I'm um because the season's over. Yeah. Um. So the Islanders, like, you don't have much to look forward to until you know draft day. I mean, we have we. we hopefully have some stuff to look forward to with the with the, how the playoffs shake out um you know as early as tomorrow or whatever but uh is in terms of like the actual islanders it gives you something to kind of look forward to a little bit mm. there there's like a little excitement that we don't know <laughs> who's who's in charge of the team who's coaching the team <laughs> yet uh for next year uh, so so that's i do actually kind of appreciate that a little bit it's it's like mm when a TV show would go away uh, and then, you, you know, in the, b- before the streaming era, like mm-hmm. lost or something. And at the end of a, a great episode, they leave you on a cliffhanger and, and then they, they let you know that 
they're they're not going to be back for like two weeks because <laughs> some some like bullshit awards like the country music awards are yeah. on you know that Thursday night. You're like, God damn it, I gotta address. wait. Yeah. I gotta wait two weeks. Yeah, I gotta wait two yeah. weeks now to find out. Right. You know who if what he means by not Penny's boat. Yeah, uh, like this is uh this mm. that kind of feels like this with the Islanders a little bit. Like yeah, they're keep they're keeping us on our toes by not mm. saying anything, and uh, I've brought up this point before. When this this level of kind of lock lockdown or you know throw away the key is impressive because like like I said we are geographically on an island and spiritually on an island and the players live on this island too <laughs> and that means that not only do they not tell I'm sure Anders Lee knows who the who's going to be right. the, the the Islanders head coach next year or at the very least he probably knows if it's going to be Lane Lambert or not. Right. So, and if he knows, that means most likely the rest of the players know. So that means Ross Johnston knows. Uh, (laughs) And that means that Ross Johnston, his caddy doesn't know, which is impressive. And his barber doesn't know. And the guy that he sees in at, at the bagel store in the morning, every day, like Mm. the fact that it doesn't get out to, to these people is, is really impressive because that's a lot of times how, how things will end up. uh, Sure you know, just getting out generally like a girlfriend or a mm. uh, driver or someone. Uh, and Especially for the guys that live on the island, like Matt yeah. Martin, Josh Bailey, I, maybe Oliver Wallstrom. I'm not sure where he's at because he keeps just posting pictures of his dog. But like, <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, they don't, they don't get, the stuff doesn't get out. So not only do those guys deserve credit, but frankly, their wives and family members do too, because if they know, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not getting it out either. So maybe the guy slips and tells his wife, that makes a lot of sense, but. Then she doesn't go and tell anybody. So you know. right, and 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 we're not talking about like a little thing, like uh, Ilya Sorokin has a new masks, a mask for 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 this next game. It's the head coach. Yeah, <laughs> like right. the the head coach uh, has has a house on Long Island, has neighbors, mm. uh, has friends. Maybe he goes to block parties. Mm. So if he. Hey, if he lost his job or was told, "Hey, we'll we'll talk about this all in in a couple of weeks," just no, nobody finding that out is um, outrageous, and it's getting it's getting people you know into a tizzy. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about how you know, if Lou does decide to not be the general manager anymore, how we we want Kyle Dubas to be this team's general manager, but we don't mean that as in I want Kyle Dubas because I I think he'll be a shrewd personnel manager you and i want kyle dubas because it would be hilarious yes to watch many tears yeah Yeah, i mean i would just i'm i would spend the next five six days subscribing everybody i know to the athletic (laughs) resubscribing myself subscriptions left and right (laughs) yeah (laughs) here you go here you go here you go yeah that would uh, be fun yeah but like you know, like this, this, this is this kind of silence is is just going to lead to some crazy stuff out there. And yeah. you know, there's uh, there's a lot of people with a, with a lot of ideas um, for for oh, who's going to be the coach next year? Well, in all likelihood, it's probably the same coach that was last year, yeah. And it's probably the same general manager. So, uh, <laughs> it's hard. I get it. Like you want you need something to fill the void, hmm. but at the same time, we you just got to wait to see what happens here before we can. Um, you know, start gifting subscriptions to the athletic. Definitely. Definitely. 
Um, well, what we do have to fill the void is actually a little bit. Like we we heard the players speak because they've all got places to go after the season. You know, they're all on vacations in various places and training and whatnot to get started. Uh, so uh, we've combed through all of these and and I've taken some notes here. We're not going to go through everybody. To be blunt, it was a lot of cliches about everybody wanting to stay here. Everybody was trying to win. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end, it was a tough series, yada, yada, yada. Everybody's, everybody's a huge fan of each other. Um, but I just, you know, there's a couple of guys I want to isolate because I thought they were pretty interesting. And I, I'm just going to get right to the the big one who was Josh Bailey, who I mentioned a minute ago. Uh, we don't know. He was a healthy scratch for every game in the playoffs. And I believe it was 12 or 15 games or something leading up to the playoffs, which is an unusual position for him to be in. And I think he was the number one guy people were hoping to speak to. And um, I got to tell you, I was a little uh, a little put off by this, I guess. I, fe- I felt, you know, listen, Josh Bailey, we all know how he does these interviews by now. We've all seen him talk to Shannon Hogan in between periods or Alan Fearing or whoever. And he doesn't really betray a ton. He, you know, he seems like a pretty affable guy and he always gets right down to business. Uh, he seemed a little bit sort of perturbed in this particular uh, post- postseason interview. He talked, he, you know, he didn't really know what happened. He, he didn't. Uh, he couldn't really answer any questions about why he was scratched. He just said it wasn't the kind of position he wants to be in. And he's got a year left and he plans on playing it, but he doesn't plan on sitting in the press box. And uh, I saw him, uh, he uh, told uh, Kevin Kurz of the athletic, uh, that's a bit of a loaded question by you. No offense. But, and I was like, wow, that's like the prickliest thing Josh Bailey, I think has ever said in 15 years. Uh, I didn't really hear the question. So, but I mean, I take his word for it, but um, you know, and, and when it came to Lane, he, he talked about having a mutual respect. Uh, but at the same time, and this is this quote that got out a little bit was that he was, you know, it said in retrospect, getting scratched for what would have been my thousandth game at home, you know, was a bit of a tell. Cause then later on I was scratched again as we have spoken about many times, I believe Mike's theory is correct in that we didn't, they, they didn't scratch him for that home game against the Rangers because he would have gotten booed by both sides of the arena at some point and would have been a bad luck. So he was better off waiting uh, for that game in Carolina. But, um, you know, he, he did, uh, you know, mention how he bounced around the lineup a little bit and he didn't really have the level that he wanted to be at. But it was pretty clear that he still feels that he can contribute and play in this league. He wasn't happy about the scratches. So they didn't seem happy about Lane, although, you know, maybe that was just kind of how he talked. And again, having for what Josh Bailey is, is a, a tense exchange with a reporter is uh, very out of character. Um, did you uh, did you get a chance to check this out? And uh, what did you make of uh, of these quotes? Yeah, I thought that if you could have put. All the members of the Josh Bailey fan club behind him. <laughs> In in that like one of those uh, moments in when a a leader of a movement is walking like a protest down the street and a, right. a reporter catches up to them and he's got you know people mm. holding banners behind him, mm. Josh Bailey leading the movement <laughs> and all of us standing there behind him showing our support because we don't we don't want to see it end like this either. No, uh, we want we wanted to see it end uh, with Josh Bailey being handed the Stanley Cup, of course, but. Like, of course, that was not going to happen either. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at the same time, I think for as bad as he was this season, the <laughs> he was so bad. You know, was just, really I'm bad. just thinking about some of the, the, the moments he's had. Uh, 
I mean, I can't think of any because he was often completely invisible for most yeah. games. Like, I'm just thinking a, about him, you know, getting a puck on like along the half boards, and you could see the defender crashing down on him. Yeah, you know, and you're sitting there on your TV watching the game on your couch, and you said, "All right, he definitely knows that you know Brett Pesci is about to crunch him into the boards here, uh, and he's going to make the. Oh no, he's not. He doesn't know. Oh god, yeah. he just lost the puck. Oh god. Oh god. I'm picturing him like turning around. While two guys on the other team descend upon him, <laughs> and then he just gives the puck away to one of them, and then it's going the other way, and everybody's like, "Oh, what the hell happened?" That's that's the, our like, guy. That's the guy. That's a, that's yeah. the play of the year, basically. For him. But at the same time, you know, he's 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 earned so much, right? You know, sweat equity with us. Yeah, uh, and he's battled through some some adversity, both deserved and uh, and not deserved from this fan base, like. To have to be first of all, he's the longest tenured, still the longest tenured athlete in New York sports. Nice. That's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> uh, so he deserves some respect in in that regard for sure. And and to to battle through all that and to come out the other side and to have have a reporter like ask you those questions. Not saying that that's not the right thing to do as a reporter. Mm-hmm. Like the theme of Josh Bailey's season that you need to close a a loop on is hey you didn't really play well and then when you and you also didn't play all that much in important games mm. how do you feel about that um like i'm not i'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do but to, to see it end like that is it's tough and you just wanted you would i wish there was like a way to easily show him the his support be like no we totally understand mm. why you lashed out in your in your own right. unique brand of lashing out uh and I think everyone kind of supports him for that. And I think we all know where this is going. <laughs> and I actually do think that if, if if you asked me a week and a half ago, how does this end? I would have said almost certainly a buyout, but I now think that there's going to be a spot for Josh Bailey to land uh, via trade if he wants it. And we'll, Let's be honest. If if Lou Lamarillo is the GM, still, he's not going to just trade Josh Bailey to somewhere he doesn't want to go, even if he doesn't have trade protection. Mm. You know, if if, if he's not going to send him to uh, you know, Anaheim or something, if if Josh Bailey doesn't want to move across the country, Lou Lou doesn't right. really do he doesn't do that, right? So Lou always takes care of his guys, as we yeah. all know. Yeah, and uh, for better or worse, and but I think in this situation, it's on a human level it's deserved that hey you know this came through from anaheim is it okay like and and if josh bailey's like no, can you can you just maybe train me somewhere a little closer because he said that long island is still going to be his home mm, yes uh, he did even, say that, even yeah. uh, and i think that he probably knows that this is it this last year of his contract is probably it for him mm. uh, unless he wants to go you know be be the captain of the Springfield Falcons or something. <laughs> uh, he, uh, but like, I I can kind of. He's only got it's one year, so it's one year. The cap hit is five million, but the salary payout is only three and a half million. So that's a key thing too. Yeah, I just think that he's he's gonna find a spot actually. I, I and I I don't think there's any. The Islanders maybe have to pay a draft pick to. I think they're certainly gonna have to pay a draft pick to get the salary off the books um but i don't know if there's going to be you know any retention or anything because mm. 
that team uh, can can take one year of a five million hit because he's not go. Let's he's not going to the Colorado Avalanche or the Tampa Bay Lightning, <laughs> right? So these teams are going to have room for right. a Josh Bailey type, and yeah. he can be a you know a, a tone setter for a team that would love a guy with thousands of games yeah. of NHL experience, has been to playoffs, and was a young player coming up and dealt with some bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's there's gonna be a spot for him, I think, um, and it's still it's gonna be sad. Uh, but I was proud of him for kind of battling back like that. Uh, right. Yeah, he, uh, it, was a, it was a side of Josh Bailey I didn't I don't know if I've ever seen before. Like, yeah, I was, just, I was I thought he was big. just gonna be like, yeah, you know, like it's a tough yeah. season. Hopefully, you know, just go into the summer, get away from the game for a little bit, come back refreshed. But no, he uh, yeah he put the cli- book of cliches aside. <laughs> uh I'm looking at cap friendly right now, which is where I saw that that disparity, five million again salary cap hit, three and a half uh salary. And uh I'm looking at the Buffalo Sabres dead last on the old uh salary <laughs> cap list. And I'm looking at Kyle Poso, who is a UFA himself, by the way, but I mean he was captain this year. I would assume he's probably just gonna resign there. I wonder if that might be a landing spot. It's close to the island. He's not any close not getting any closer to the Stanley Cup, although you know the Sabres look pretty good. So uh, I wonder if that would be a spot for him. That might be kind of interesting. It's not Anaheim, you know. It's not thirty three hundred. It's not Arizona. Uh, but then again, maybe uh, maybe Chicago Blackhawks want to pick up a Josh Bailey to teach their uh, first overall pick in the upcoming draft uh, a little bit about playing the game. Well, we'll see. We'll get to that in the second half. But uh, yeah, so that was all pretty interesting. Obviously, like, like you said, I mean, we all know where this is going, and um, it's kind of sad that it would have to turn out that way. You don't want kind of any any sort of friction or anything on the guy's way out, but. Um, Maybe it looks like, you know, it certainly didn't seem like he didn't seem like the kind of guy who was going to come back. Uh, but then again, like I said, we don't know because we haven't heard from the coach or the GM. So we'll have to wait and see. So that was Bailey. Um, second one I want to talk about is um, right after him in the list. If you're watching the videos is uh, our man, Zach Parisi. Uh, this was a tough one to watch um, because he is always so excited like this. this I mean, if, if Bailey's was out of character. Parisi's was very in character. He's very excited, always smiling the whole time. He said he's going to have to make his own decision. Uh, and he talked about uh, how everybody should have to play for Lou for a year, at least to understand the impact this guy has had. He loves this guy and he's meant so much to him, but it's tough. His family is still in Minnesota and has been there for two years now. So it's two, two years away from his kids who I believe are small. And, uh, and that's tough. Like I, I, you know, at that point I went from being like, I really wish Zach would come back. I need him back to being like, man, would I want to spend two years away from my daughter? Probably not. Uh, I mean, not that it's a full two year. I mean, he gets out there, I'm sure. And I'm sure they visit him, but it's, it's rough, man, to not be there every day. And, and I can totally see where he's coming from. He did joke about his dad uh, dreading coming to the Islanders when he was traded here in, in 75, but then he didn't want to leave. And unfortunately he had to be traded again uh, later on in that decade. And um you know, that just, this just made me sad too. Like I just, we want Zach here so much. And unlike Bailey, not to, not, not to sound like a dick, but <laughs> unlike Josh Bailey, Zach Parisi contributed a lot to the Islanders this season. And it would be a shame to lose that. Not only just the 21 goals, but the motor, the forechecking, the leadership, the smile, the whole thing. And, but at the same time, if he was like, yeah, I don't want to be away from my kids again for another year, I would be like, yeah. I get that. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be either. So, uh, yeah. What did you make of uh, of Zach's comments here? It was much shorter than Bailey's. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, I knew I knew something like this was probably coming mm. because of the picture that was painted in the locker room. And yeah, so I kind of felt a little prepared for it. Uh, but once again, just another guy that, you know, has come out and said, it's not just like the normal back padding that a coach or GM gets yeah, uh, around sports, but the, the nuance that these guys go into with, with Lou, mm. it, it does open your eyes a little bit about, you know, we've covered his faults and we cover them when they, they pop up for sure. And, uh, but I mean, these guys seem to just love love this man. Yeah, it's crazy, and <laughs> and it's hard not to get caught up in it uh, right. as well. When uh, Jordan Everly told that story about how Lamarillo called the governor of Washington State, yeah, to get his like work <laughs> visa sorted out so that he could get to Seattle and get his family there, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, the next day I had a visa." Like, yeah, you know, Lou Lou got it done, and this is someone that he he was like ma- he was mad, right, and then. That that you know he was exposed in the expansion draft or whatever, and then the next day it was just like I need Lou again, <laughs> uh, and so that was that you know it was, it's just I like hearing that stuff because it 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 is fun to be a Lou Lamarillo team as boring as it is, yeah. Sometimes it is fun because it's just so different from from everywhere else, and you know Kyle Dubis when when he uh, goes over to let Matt Murray know that hey buddy you're the you're the bat you have to go get dressed because uh Ilya Samsonov got hurt you know becomes a national story in Canada people are like oh my god Dubis just walked over to Murray and told him that then that he's gonna have to be the backup now because the other goalie in the game that Matt Murray is watching <laughs> <laughs> and is at as the number three goalie uh you don't think Matt Murray knew oh shit he just mm-hmm. got hurt. I gotta go get my stuff on because the other I'm the I'm the other goalie. Mm. It's not a surprise. He's not <laughs> like, all right, I'll let by the way, I'll let so I'll let you guys know who the emergency backup is mm-hmm. uh in the situation if we need to cross that bridge. Kyle will let you know. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, so he does something like that, something incredibly right. mundane and expected, and it just becomes a you know, huge thing and right. it becomes theater. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Lou, Lou does this stuff and right. it just, you know, gets swept under the rug until six years later. <laughs> oh, you want to hear a great Lou story? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you guys cover him when he was uh, actively yeah. general managing one of the teams in the league? Uh, anyways, yeah. So, but I, I'm with you. Like, I, I would do anything to, if, if, if he needs uh, someone to, to homeschool his kids or something, I don't know, whatever Zach <laughs> needs, you know, whatever he needs. Right. I want it to happen, um, yeah. but it's tough, and uh, because they 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 resigned Fashing, and all along I've been thinking, Parisi Sizikis Fashing as a fourth line man, definitely. That is that. Not only does it open up some spots in the roster in that middle six, which need to be upgraded, but it just it really, you can just see that thing really working. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, of all the people on the list, uh, I think Zach has the most to think about. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. He didn't talk about moving his kids to the Island. So I guess there is, there's that, or his whole family to the Island. So there's that too. But yeah, I mean, he still has a lot to give this team and that's, that's the number one thing. Yes. I'm selfishly a fan. I want him to stay here, but there's reasons for that. He, he actually does contribute and it'd be great. Now, what do you contribute again next year in thir- at 39? 
I don't know. I mean, we didn't expect Bailey to have such a bad season either, but uh, you know, it's possible. I'm looking at a map here and um, apparently, you know, if he did want to play for the Blackhawks, they are a short plane ride away from Minneapolis now or Winnipeg for that matter, but Chicago is a lot closer. Uh, neither of those teams is going to win him a Stanley cup, which is another consideration. I'm sure Zach is thinking about, which is why he signed with the Islanders in the first place. If you can remember that far back, which is kind of mind blowing when you think about it. But, uh, yeah, uh, it was, it was a tough one. You could kind of see in his eyes, there was a lot going on back there. And again, I, I, I totally get it. So, uh, we would respect that decision, obviously, but selfishly, please stay Zach. We love you. We, we just <laughs> need to hear, um, next guy up just, just a couple more real quick, uh, is uh Oliver Wallstrom. Wallstrom, uh, this is his first live appearance in an, an Islanders capacity <laughs> at all since December. So it was good to see him alive, first of all. He hadn't been abducted by aliens, or if they had, they returned him uh promptly, which was nice. But uh he seemed like a guy who had been waiting five months to talk to somebody. Like he really see he was very animated. He wanted to tell people about his his injury, his recovery, the puppy he's got, his sister was taking care of him. He was like an open book and he just couldn't wait to get all this stuff out because this guy hadn't probably talked to anybody this entire time. And so uh I don't know what to make of this. He ta- he joked that, you know, he's twenty two, so he should be ready for for training camp, which I guess makes sense. He's young, he's healthy, strong. So we're looking forward to that. Um but uh, it's been tough and he's, you know, did not enjoy it again. His sister had to take care of him for a while, but uh, his puppy had helped him kind of make it through it. They talked about, um, you know, Parisi with him and he said, yeah, he had a Zach Parisi action figure. And so he loved playing with him and he wished he could have played with him more, but he has spent some time putting on some muscle while he's been in recovery, uh, which we still don't know what from. So who the heck knows? But uh, I thought this was by far the funniest and most entertaining of the interviews because this guy, like, it looked like he had gotten out of prison. Like, he was just so excited to talk to, to see other humans and talk to them. I mean, he's talking about his puppy. He looked a little bit like a puppy himself. Like, he was just so happy that somebody's in the in the room, you know, to play with him. Uh, but uh, I hope he's recovered. Obviously, yeah, he's it's been a while, so we expect him to be back in in October or September or whatever for for training camp. But uh, they're going to need him. They're going to need him. Uh, he's going to have to show up and, and he's going to have to score. They're, we're running out of rope here uh, and runway for, for to get the full Wallstrom experience. And if it doesn't show up next year, I don't know when it's going to show up. I mean, it was it looked like they were it was kind of struggling to get out this year, and it never quite did, and then he got hurt. So what are you going to do? But um, next year, he needs to hit full stride, man. Because if they do lose Parisi, but then you replace his 21 goals with, say, 25 from Wallstrom, well, okay, then maybe they'll be yeah, all right. Yeah, the Islanders are cruising into the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, well, don't jump me yet. We're going to get to that last guy in a second. But uh, but yeah, so, I mean, did you watch Wally's? I mean, I, yeah. to me, this and, was and hilarious. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I think of all the, the players uh, heading into the offseason, he's probably the one I have the least kind of feel for. Right. Uh, Makes sense. When it comes to, it's hard, it, it'd be hard to, to imagine them them moving him because he's just coming off an injury and his his uh his value will will, will be low but at the same time he's 22 he's shown and like you said he's shown those flashes uh and he's uh, going to be a a cheap cap hit for someone with 20 25 goal potential um but as we were talking about a lot on the mailbag episode like there's just not much room at the end 
yeah. on this team. You look at the roster and cap friendly and you just see the 2023-2024 list and there's two guys that are UFAs and one of them is Zachary C and the other one is a Pierre Engvall and everybody seems to be in agreement that they they would love to have Engvall back at at a reasonable price but the same kind of situation with him is okay if he comes like who's not coming back how are you making room um and I I like Wallstrom I think he has something that the Islanders desperately need which is someone who can just score a goal in the blink of an eye because Mm -hmm. of his shot and his kind of hands and his ability just to just to create offense out of nowhere Uh, we just haven't seen it enough but uh i just have i have no idea like where where this is going uh with him and uh, just if you told me how yeah he's he's next year he's going to be playing first line minutes for the uh chicago blackhawks or you told me he's going to be back with the islanders and have another inconsistent season or you told me he's gonna be back with the islanders and score you know 30 goals on a line with matt Barzell <laughs> and bo horvat i could say yeah i think all three of those are very possible outcomes here um right so, uh, yeah. and i think he does too i think he probably he's a smart dude he's he's a he kind of comes off as a goof but he he seems to <laughs> be pretty sharp on on like what uh you know where his his career is at and and, the, and where his kind of place on the team is and mm. he's he's quick-witted i guess is, is the right word to say but yeah. uh yeah it's uh it's just very strange to think that he, we just have not seen or heard from him for so long and it finally know. you know talk about the <laughs> cone of silence and nothing getting out like yeah it took three months i would say maybe a little less for for the rumors to start really circulating about what his injuries were and yeah. at at some point basically everybody knew he he had torn his acl and <laughs> and it two months later the islanders finally confirmed confirmed it but uh yeah it didn't it just doesn't get out so stuff doesn't get out it takes a long time so uh yeah he's uh i've got no idea what what what's coming for him in this summer <laughs> yeah uh but it, it was it was crazy and i was like oh my god i can't believe he's even here uh so yeah that was an interesting one um again i was just struck by the amount of energy and we'll get to a couple other guys who real quick uh, that struck me but the last guy i want to focus on though is you the guy you sort of alluded to a little bit ago matt barzell so barzell was maybe behind bailey and i guess bo horvat we'll talk about in a second um really the guy that people wanted to talk about to and he was another guy who was very animated but very sort of dedicated and focused on what he seemed to be the most angry about what went down in the playoffs and considering that he had been hurt, made it back in time, looked pretty good for the most part, even though he was still maybe not quite there where he wanted to be. It was kind of crazy to see how, how just um, really, I don't know what the word is, but he he really was very, very seemed angry almost that how the playoffs went. And he talked about how jumping in, you know, at the playoff was tough after coming back from being hurt. He, He did talk about how it was a tough series, but the main takeaway was he he's looking towards next season and he was like, I don't want to just sneak into the playoffs. I want to get comfortable. I want to be in a comfortable spot halfway through the season. We can't get off to these bad starts anymore. The first 30, 40 games have to be the main focus because every year it seems like, you know, we, we hit this rut halfway through the season and then we're scratching and clawing. We don't want to do that. They feel confident here that they can be that team, but 
they he they he was very adamant that scratching and clawing into the playoffs for a seventh or eighth seed is not what he wants to do. Uh, he did talk about Lane. He kept saying the word polished over and over again, which I thought was kind of funny. I guess in his communication, he's a polished communicator, I suppose. But um, he talked about having to be a winger versus a center. Winging, playing wing is more start-stop, whereas centers get to cross over you know, different parts of the ice a little bit more. And he's still working on it, which makes sense because he barely had time to work with Bo Horvat before he got hurt. Uh, he talked about Josh Bailey being a mentor and how confident they feel again with having Sorokin back there. But his line about not wanting to sneak into the playoffs and be and being you know mid higher on the table and wanting a comfort zone halfway through the season really struck struck me because I feel the same way too, Matt. I don't want you guys to sneak into the playoffs either. I don't want to be hanging on by our fingernails of the last week, hoping that the friggin' Blackhawks beat the Penguins two nights before the end of the regular season so that you could make the playoffs. I want to be where the Rangers and the Devils were this this season and where you know the Caps and Penguins had traditionally been. So. I thought that was just pretty interesting. And again, he, he seemed like the guy I'm looking at the list here and maybe him and Pollock maybe seem like the two guys who yeah, maybe Brock a little tiny bit seem like the guys who were the most just pissed off that, that they were here talking about this uh, and not still playing. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I saw a lot of people like make Barzell captain. Well, let's, <laughs> let's slow down a little bit here, but I thought he was, this was a real sort of leadership and, in, in, you know, to be cliche, I thought this was a real leadership step for him saying that, like be, be, being very vocal and being like, no, 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 seventh, eighth place, that's not going to cut it. We're talking about winning a division, second in division, something along those lines. And I was very encouraged by that. So I was, I was, that was, thought that was pretty cool. Uh, what do you think of uh, Barzell and his thing? I think his, his reputation in among the league is uh, not, he he's not represent re- represented all that well. I buy it. I guess is what I would say. Because uh, when he does talk, he's he's not a a cliche monster, right? Like he's he's not a he's he's not just like some platitude monger. Like he right. he he speaks kind of freely and. He he speaks kind of how he plays, I guess, a little yeah. bit, right? Like it's uh It's a wild free for all. Where anything yeah, can happen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun to to watch or listen to and uh it's kind of what you ask for out of mm. a player of his ilk. And because remember when he signed that deal and he talked to uh Elliot Friedman and Je- uh, Jeff Merrick, yeah. he, he talked about how he wants he loves Lou, he wants to get into management because of Lou and uh all that stuff and I had a conversation after they traded Matt Bo- uh, Anthony Beauvillier about how that uh, Barzell and Beauvillier were just two complete NHL nerds, like <laughs> always talking to each other about goings on in the leagues. You think this guy's going to get traded? Did you see this? Like, is this guy going to get suspended? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think outside of the people who, who know, it, it, his reputation is probably that of uh you know your common flashy player uh yeah. maybe jack hughes yeah i don't know why he comes to patrick kane like one of those kind of players where austin the, matthews um, <laughs> yeah, yeah his right. his uh his playing style is much more entertaining than his kind of off the ice persona but i don't think that's the the case with Barzell. I think he is 
like I said, he's he's very honest and uh, entertaining. And I was happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we all felt the same way. Like I, I, Matt Barzell is not just a player on the Islanders. He's also a fan of the Islanders. Right? Like right. He's, <laughs> he's, he's there rooting on his teammates. He gets so excited. Uh, you can a lot of times in soccer, uh, especially in like lower leagues, when when a player is hurt, uh, they'll sit and like they'll just like pop up in the away end mm-hmm. of of a game. So like if Swansea City's playing at uh, you know Scunthorpe or something, the Swansea <laughs> City player will will pop up in the away section where all the road fans are and be in the crowd, and you could just see Matt Barzell in like in the gods of UBS Arena uh, with with the fans and. But Scunthorpe I, is a real team. Scunthorpe, yeah, that's a real team. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that's a, that is a, a real one. Uh, yeah. They have a great logo. It's yeah. like a, a a big hand holding a, a what would you call it? Like a beam of iron. Like a, a oh, beam a of girder? Iron, I guess is yeah, girder. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice. They're 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 not very good. Uh, I That's think funny. they're actually in some financial issues. Anyways, <laughs> but but you could just see uh, <laughs> you could see Barzell in 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 one of those situations where he's just you know if he was hurt just popped up at a game and yeah uh, because he wants to see the Islanders succeed just as much as 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 any fans do from a fan perspective like not just because yeah. that's his job but like from a fan perspective and and that stuff kind of comes out uh, when he's behind the mic. Remember he gave that really raw, honest, heartbreaking. Uh, interview after they lost game seven to Tampa where he yes. talked about Andy Green and Josh Bailey. Right. He was crying. Um, he was in tears. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm crying because, you know, I don't know how many more chances those guys are going to yeah. have. Yeah. Um, I, and uh, so he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a, he's got like a great head on his shoulders. And I don't think people realize it outside of, us being the Islander fans that like how engaging and, and, and genuine he is. Yeah. No, that, that, uh, that's true. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he wins the, uh, the sort of, uh, pump you up award for the, uh, the whole thing I thought was kind of cool. And uh, again, I, I wasn't really expecting that. Maybe I was kind of, uh, kind of suckered in by, by his usual play too, but just a couple of guys real quick before we, we get to those two signings we mentioned before. Um, I thought Pollock was also pretty animated. He was the first one to be like, uh, obviously, this whole thing still sucks. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. He was very complimentary of Lane, as was uh, Adam Pellick. They both, uh, you know, had a lot of high praise for him. Uh, well, Scott Mayfield loved it here. It's been a long time since he lived in the Marriott as a call up for Bridgeport. Uh, very low talker. I thought I didn't realize that. But, you know, he didn't want to say much. Like, he didn't know what, where it was going to go. Same with uh, Pierre Engvall. Didn't really say much. Just said he had a good time. Guys were great, but didn't betray one way or the other, uh, whether or not he was, you know, planning on resigning or doing anything else. Uh, I thought Ross Johnston's availability was quite lengthy for a guy who only played maybe a dozen <laughs> games this year. I thought that was kind of weird, but uh, it was good to see him again too. We hadn't seen him in a long time. I thought Clutterbuck and Martin both came off as very sharp guys, uh, as usual. Cal was like, uh, you know, we believe we can win here. He was the guy who said that they believe that they can win as a group. They want to win as a group. And I said this on the Patreon mailbag episode that, you know, that's a beautiful thing to say, Cal, but uh, I don't know if that's really, you know, feasible at this point. Like I think some (laughs) of, some of your friends might need to go. Uh, But he did say uh, in another 
somewhat prickly exchange uh, that uh, he would know if his body was done playing before you guys, meaning the reporters would. So I thought that was kind of funny, but you expect that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Anders Lee, again, also said the group believes in itself. He thought Lane did a phenomenal job. Talked about Lou bringing respectability and getting better internally because he doesn't want to see any of his guys, his friends get traded either. Uh, and then finally, um, oh, sorry, um, Ilya Sorokin, Varlamov, and Romanov all talked about how they, they all talk together. They're all good friends. I think Varlamov comes back, honestly. After Varley, great hair, by the way. I didn't realize he got this sort of like pile-up sort of faux hawk thing going on. Um, but I, I just, I get the sense that he wants to be back. He'll probably resign. Uh, he loves to, he's, it's great to talk Russian in the locker room with Ilya and Romanov. And uh, they're all really great friends, or at least, you know, Varlamov and, and Sorokin are very close. And Sorokin and Romanov are very close. So uh, I think it, you know, I think those guys will all be around for a little bit while longer. And then, uh Bo Horvat just seemed exhausted. He seemed very tired. He said they're going to be moving all summer. Uh, and he gave the best answer a new Islander can give, which is, I don't know why this team has the reputation it does. It's a beautiful place. It's a hidden gem. So there you go. Uh, did anybody uh, else stick out to you from, from this group or uh, from uh, any of the guys that you know I didn't mention before? I know my favorite part of the day was that uh, how upset Kevin Kurz was with that the Islanders announced the Hudson fashion <laughs> deal after they spoke to everybody. It was awesome. It was, it was awesome. So, so yeah, good. they're all done. And then yeah. like literally two hours after they're done, <laughs> they announce, by the way, Hudson fashion signs a two year one way deal worth 750 K a year. Oh, and by the way, Matthew Maggio also uh, signed a three year uh, entry level contract after his crazy OHL year. And yeah, both of these happened. After the availability, so Kurz's tweet was literally would have been nice to have heard about this <laughs> two hours ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, because that's the important thing. But anyway, hey, good for these guys. Go get your go get your bag. Fashing. We talked about this again on the the. You guys sign up for the Patreon. Here are these these uh, mailbag episodes. Somebody asked, uh, could he have gotten more? Am I crazy? And we were like, no, he probably should have gotten more. But I guess he just likes it here. So. Uh, yeah, and then Maggio. Hey, it's nice to have a prospect who can you know put up some points. I guess so. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's I also, mean, he's so, not from Long Island, but with a name like Matthew Maggio, he might as well be. I mean, come on. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you not? He's got to. He's got to be around or something. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's got to be around long enough to play with Palmieri. That's my only. Yeah, my only thing. So, uh, but yeah. So, well, anyway. So, did anybody? I, I cut you off, but did anybody stick out to you? And uh, you know, what do you think of these two guys uh, signing? No, I, I mean, like my my. Uh, I was I'm thrilled that Fashing's back because I think that he he kind of just really fits the mold here and uh, very cheap cap hit for someone who who I really hope gets that that fourth line spot and just makes it his own for the next uh, right. I don't know at least two years. He's making. Less money than yeah. Ross Johnston. He's making less. He's making half the amount of money as as uh, Matt Martin, and he's making a million less than Cal Clutterbuck. So it's just it's very funny to me mm. uh, <laughs> in that way. But uh, yeah, he's that's great. And and I would say that for on, on the Maggio thing, uh, just everybody pumped the brakes. <laughs> you know, like come on, he had a great season as an overager in 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 junior, uh, but he's. He's gonna go play with uh, yeah. all the other prospects that you want to see play alongside Bo Horvat and Matt Barzell uh, <laughs> in Bridgeport. So, yeah, um, you know, get ready for the Otto Koivula, Matthew <laughs> Maggio, uh, Arno, yeah. 
Durando line tearing it up in the yeah. AHL next year. Maggio will be the guy lining up next to Andy Andrioff yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, over in Bridgeport. But uh, yeah, no, it's great to get a guy signed. But uh, you know, my my expectations are muted for sure. But yeah, Fashing, I'm glad he's coming back. I would like to see him play more in that fourth line for sure. We're definitely in, in uh, concert there. And uh, but that would mean you know losing maybe. Cal Clutterbuck or Matt Martin or somebody like that. So we'll have to see how it works out. But uh, getting that done was probably uh, it was probably already done, as we joked <laughs> earlier in the, the mailbag episode. It was uh, it was that's probably been in the drawer for a long time or the guy was just or Lou just went take it or leave it. And he just took it. But I uh, certainly seemed to be happy to be back. His availability was was kind of fun, too. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, so that's about it. So uh, now that we're recording this. Obviously, that means that the Islanders are going to have Lou and Lane probably talk on Wednesday. So maybe we'll do another episode <laughs> again. We'll have to see. But um, for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk all kinds of stuff. Uh, the the draft, the Rangers firing their coach, maybe some other stuff. And uh, I have some news about the offseason plans for the podcast and a little bit into the future. So please come back on the other side. If you want to hear this podcast without the commercial interruptions, you can sign up at patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety to hear our ad-free episodes as well as our bonus episodes like the mailbag we keep talking about, Country Club Atmosphere, and uh, you get Mike's newsletter, you get my book club, you get all kinds of stuff, and uh, you might get some extra stuff during the off-season, hint, hint. So check that out, patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety, and we'll be back on the other side. Thanks. And now a word from our favorite sponsors. First is always VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You can, if you spend $50 or more, you can use the code 4CUPS, that is F-O-U-R-C-U-P-S, to get a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass or an Islander's Anxiety puck. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, the fine folks at FOCO have done it again. They have a Matt Barzell, Brian Trottier, then and now bobblehead. It is very, very limited. There's only going to be 72 of those, so if you want one, Get yourself over to foco.com. I'll put the link in the podcast description and in the article, and you can pre-order one of these things. They look pretty cool. If you're a bobblehead collector, you will want this. And uh, it's really neat. It's called the Trottier Barzell then and now bobblehead from Foco. Okay, so Monday night was the NHL draft lottery, and it was won by the Chicago Blackhawks, who will now have the right to draft Connor Bedard, a new super prospect that's been lighting the lamp for two years and making everybody salivate and froth at the mouth. Uh, I know people are sad about this. Obviously it sucks. The Blackhawks are not far removed from the Kyle beach scandal and all the fallout from that. And here they are drafting the next generational talent guy. It bites, but unfortunately, and I, it brings me no joy in saying this. If you did not see this coming, I don't know what league you've been watching. This is how it works. The high profile teams get everything. And the, Blue Jackets and Ducks and Islanders of the world get absolutely nothing. So Connor Bedard is going to be a Chicago Blackhawk. Uh, my thing about this is it's so funny that this guy has been talked about. 
about how good he is and how crazy it is and how franchise-defining player he is. And we just went through this with four guys, five guys, excuse me, five guys. And I'm going to list them off right now. Nico Heashier, Nolan Patrick, Jack Hughes, Capo Caco, and Alexis Lafreniere. One guy is not in the league anymore because he's hurt. One, Two guys are on their way to Bustville, and we're going to talk about a little, them and their team a little bit more in a couple of minutes. And other, the other two guys are pretty good, but it took them a while to get there and a lot of other additions to their team. So color me skeptical that Connor Bedard is going to be any one of these guys. I'm going to throw Nail Yakupov in a, onto that list. Who else? Who am I missing? Alexander Daig, Pat Falloon, any of these guys that yeah. <laughs> the first overall pick. Rick DiPietro, Patrick, hello. Patrick, yeah. Patrick Stefan. Oh, man. So, you know, people are going crazy. I don't know what Scott Wheeler is going to do now that this draft <laughs> is over because he's been writing this, him and Corey Promen have been writing the same article every week, uh, every day over at the athletic about these guys. So, uh, you watched the draft. What, what did you make of that? I mean, I know the Islanders don't have a first round pick anyway, so it doesn't even matter to us, but like, what, what were your, what was your takeaway from the, uh, Blackhawks big night, uh, in Secaucus of all places? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was not surprised at all. Um, on any level one yeah that they won two right. that everyone thought it was rigged three that, <laughs> that the nhl didn't help its or help itself with the production of the show to to dispel conspiracy yeah. theories that it's rigged four <laughs> that everybody thinks the nhl rigged this draft lottery despite the fact that the the blackhawks are um s- still you know <laughs> have that uh Kyle Beach scandal mm. looming over them. Uh it, yeah, it just it, it it hit every note of an NHL production. <laughs> so like they, they they're comparing Bedard to McDavid and that's fine. Um mm. and this this draft lottery has been talked about for my god two years now at least. Yeah. Oh for sure. Maybe more. Uh and how many nights a year do you think the NHL has every fan watching? Uh, the draft and yeah, but do you even think like everyone's watching the draft? Like, I mean, I don't think they know where of... it is. Like, you know, what channel? It's and like, on. but like, and and if you're the Boston Bruins and you're picking thirtieth, right. or you're the Islanders, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I think the diehards are watching. Um, but I think that I can't really think of one. Yeah, where everybody is is interested in this because the hype yeah. was built uh and it's a 30 minute thing so it's not like you're sitting through a three-hour draft yeah it's 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 going to be over quick and um so they have everybody <laughs> in the palm of their hands watching this thing and that's what they rolled out uh and, and we make fun of the all-star game for the the being over in the 99 percentile and the deserve to cringe meter <laughs> and uh but just to to just have bill daly flipping over cards mm. on a pre-recorded segment while kevin weeks is just narrating <laughs> is the best you can come up with for what could potentially be like a lebron james entering the league or wayne gretzky mm. or brock nelson one of those type of players mm. you know a, a truly generational talent <laughs> coming into the league and, and that's what they conjured up they had everybody watching every yeah. every i i don't trust ratings at all but i can tell you right now that that was 
minute by minute, if pound for pound, the most uh, watched or piece of content yeah. the NHL had live this season. Right. Because, yeah, sure, maybe you know some crazy goal or mm. hit or something ends up being the most viewed play of the season. But that live was definitely going to be the one that drew the most eyeballs. Because it's every fan base. Mm. Uh, most people are kind of tuned out by the time that the Stanley Cup final comes along. Right. Uh, I think the deeper you get into the playoffs, obviously less people watch because so many yeah. people are jaded because their team got eliminated. Other people are just kind of bored. And yeah. Game uh, sevens obviously usually do. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's but, like you know, Stanley Cup yeah. final game seven. If you sure. get one of those, that might be it. Right. Um, but you, that's not a guarantee. Mm. So this one, they and they knew. like They knew what they what was going on here. They put it 30 minutes as a lead in, into a playoff game. Right. And that's what they came up with. <laughs> like, and not only did they come, not, is that what they came up with, but they messed it up. <laughs> right. Uh, so like, yeah, if you weren't watching weeks, uh, they were going, so they always do, and they do this every year. They do the first, so I guess it's 16 teams. They do the first uh, 13 and then they, they go to commercial. Then they come back and they do the top three because that's what really matters. So they were going to commercial and weeks tips that up oh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are third, which means somebody's moving up. And, and they went to commercial and it was the longest two minutes and 20 seconds of your life because you're like, wait, what the hell just happened? And we're not even Blue Jackets fans. I felt bad for them at the time because they knew coming back that it was going to be. This was sort of like when they tipped the uh, the Rangers Devils thing it was like a there was like a, a screenshot that went out that had whoever the winner was i forget what it was but it was like oh great thanks you know um so yeah so they messed it up but uh this is also the gang that you know they, they came up with this idea for the winter classic which is really in essence a, a very good idea signature event cool venue looks great draws a lot of eyeballs that might not be watching anytime soon and they have done the same exact presentation for every single one of these things for 20 years, <laughs> every single winter classic is the exact same thing. And to the point where they added this stadium series and even the hardest of hardcore fans would be hard pressed to tell you what the difference was. Like, was that a stadium series game? Oh no, that was a winter classic. Are you sure? Yeah. Nobody knows. Cause it's just some outdoor game. And now everybody's like, Oh yeah, whatever. Oh, it's another one. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Where are they this year? Michigan, uh, you know, the big house Yeah, whatever. Who cares? We've seen that, you know? So these guys, don't do creativity. They're not network executives. Um, you know, I thought Weeks was a great choice until he, he messed up. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have Weeks and uh, Buchagras, who was also there, and, and his his fingers were on a, a couple of moments of that thing, too. So uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was weird. And, and the funny thing, too, is that before that moment, the entire thing had progressed exactly as it had already been laid out. It was chalk the entire time until the Blackhawks won, and then they moved up. So um yeah it was a very nhl production again the befitting secaucus new jersey i suppose and uh this is bill daly's time to shine and they took they took the spotlight away from him and i'm very sad for him yeah. uh i know i called him lex luther on twitter but uh, i meant that in the nicest way possible it's, <laughs> the nhl like bill daly's a lawyer gary bettman's a lawyer sure uh they have a probably more lawyers lawyers per capita the nhl <laughs> than uh any company yeah. and that to me was a a broadcast made for made by lawyers to make sure <laughs> that they didn't get sued. Yeah. And, you're, and, and and you're sitting there as a fan, like guys, nobody, you're not going to get sued. The, right. The Columbus Blue Jackets Booster Club is not going to sue you. Yeah. 
you can they're you playing can make, not to lose <laughs> exactly playing not yeah. to lose is exactly right and uh it, it almost feels like the nhl would just rather not show anything sometimes right like the draft <laughs> or the yeah. free agency frenzy um seriously yeah. like that kind of stuff it's like we're doing this is we're, we're we're doing a favor for you to show to give you a peek behind the curtain here like yeah. no 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 this is sports we're supposed to be able to see this stuff yeah. and to be a part of it um this is a big deal here for for fans uh this isn't a you're not doing us a favor we're in fact <laughs> it's the opposite <laughs> uh but it that's how it always comes off in in, in these yeah. tent pole or one-off events yeah. uh from the nhl like yeah, yeah we're and of course, the All Star Game is different because, as as we're reminded in the weeks leading up to the All Star Game, the All Star Game is not for you. It's for the, it's for the the sponsors <laughs> and for that. So that's why they go all out, bring yeah. in Imagine Dragons to do a a, a, a <laughs> concert in between the first and second period. Is because it's for the sponsors. It's not for the fans. It's for the sponsors. That's the fine. the draft lottery card flip over mm. telecast. That's for the fans. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, these guys, they look at, I mean, we've talked and done this before, so I don't want to go too far into it, but like the NHL network is like nowheresville. I mean, there are, there are like public access channels that get more eyes than NHL network. What are they even doing there? Like, this is your flagship channel. Why is this not a must watch thing? Why are you not like making hockey fans demand that they get NHL network because all the cool hockey shit is on NHL network. It just isn't like, Oh, every once in a while, there's a game on there. Oh, well, I guess I'm not watching this. Like I've never had an NHL network in my entire life. And even if I did, I, what would I even watch on? Like, I don't even know. So uh, again, I, I think your, your, your idea of lawyers making the show for lawyers is, is probably 100% correct. And Hey, look, it got the job done, but at, at the end of the day, it's not exactly compelling television. It just makes me, hate watching the draft even more because <laughs> yeah. now it's going to be another, another boring uh, thing as always, but at least we won't have Pierre Maguire. Speaking of Pierre Maguire. Hold back this clip that I feel like you may remember. This is a moment that's hard to forget. The puck just glazes by you, ends up hitting the camera. Doesn't end up hitting you. Take <laughs> us back to that moment and what that was like, or if you were even thinking about anything. Well, you know what? I'm going to credit uh, Dan Girardi, who is a defenseman, the right defenseman right there. You can see his blue glove. He says, look out to the Columbus bench and to me. And so when he says that, I kind of just fall back a little bit. But what I was looking at there, I always watch away from the puck when I'm down low to see who's going to be stretching the zone out, who I felt really bad for, Ryan the cameraman. I'm not kidding you. He got hurt. The, the lens went right into his eye, and he had to be rushed off the, uh, off the bench into the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets training room. But I was very, very fortunate there, and I want to give a lot of shout-out to Dan Girardi, uh, who saved me from getting hit because if I didn't move back just a little bit, my right side of my face was going to get caved in. Yeah, that, that's huge. Uh, thankful for him. I know John Carlson with the Capitals got hit in the face with the puck, and that one wasn't pretty out a few months. Thankfully, he's doing well now. But, Michael, have you ever had something like that happen? Any close calls similar? Uh, no, no. Uh, I auditioned for Pierre's role to, to be between the benches, but they, they went with him uh, over me, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, you know, the call after Jan Dan Girardi. I remember that video going going around, and I had no idea about that. It's that's actually hilarious. And uh, 
I, I knew, you know, if it did catch you, Pierre, from watching you all these years, I knew you would have had something funny to say right after it. So I'm, I'm a little upset that we didn't at least get it off your nose a little bit to hear what you would say. <laughs> you and Pierre were on the same show. So tell us how this came out. So this was Stanley Cup Central a couple of days ago during, I guess, the uh, Leafs uh, Panthers, I think, game two. Right. Or was it was. Yeah, it was game two. Yeah, game two. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, you got an email basically being like, oh, yeah, by the way, you and Pierre Maguire are going to be on this thing. Is that what happened? They sent an email. Uh, we Action Network, we do these collaborative podcasts with them on Monday mornings throughout the season. A kind of just big picture view at the, of the league for, with looking at the different markets, awards, odds, and teams that are trending up and down and whatever. Um, but uh, they're trying their best to figure out how to navigate the scary world of sports betting. Um, And it's been four or five years of stop starts with them. And um, these kind of things have like come up here and there. And this time they were like, Hey, can you just like pop on our second screen experience? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Talk about a lawyerly uh, phrase right there. (laughs) Um, And just, well, they kind of pitched it as like a, a betting thing and said, absolutely yeah, sure. And uh, at the time I didn't know who I was going on with. And then when I went to uh, into like the, the video conference room, the, the zoom room, and I saw the, the list, <laughs> it was like the lead <laughs> singer, the lead singer of train, yeah. Michael Eboff. And there he is, Pierre. And wow. uh, as, as we talked about kind of, when Pierre was uh, on his way out from NBC Sports, I kind of did a 360 on him, <laughs> where I went from being annoyed by him to just enjoying his <laughs> him for who he is. Right. You know, the the kind of Guy Fieri thing mm. that people start to realize, like, oh, well, you know, we can we can spend all night making fun of this guy, or we can just enjoy the the absolute wonderful character he is. Right. You know, it's like people who make fun of stan on twitter like oh yeah good yeah good call on that one stan like stan is not he's 91 and he's the best (laughs) everybody loves him and if if you're going to stand to figure out you know who the islanders should pick up on waivers from the vancouver canucks like you're you're just you're in the wrong area but if you're trying to find out who the brooklyn americans are you Mm. know who they were like you're in the right spot um, also, and if I start Stan is looking at those replies. You're a dope. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's not. I promise. Yeah. And we, uh, but but I started to just you know kind of in, enjoy Pierre for who he was, and so I I wish I had known beforehand that he was yeah. coming on, so I could have been more uh, prepared. I, I think I might be back on at, mm. at another time this postseason if I want to be, um, but I might just demand that I'm only I only will go on with Pierre, uh, <laughs> and. But the, the the funniest part of the whole thing was they were it, it, they they pitched it to me like I was going to come on I was going to talk about you know live betting opportunities and strategies and I tried to work that in and uh, I didn't realize what what it really was and then so like they were talking about some like viral clip from him uh, from a few playoffs ago where he almost got hit in the face by a puck. Right, and then the the host just didn't have a segue to me. I guess I was just like, "Has that ever happened to you?" <laughs> I'm like, "What? No." But I, um, yeah. So 
but I was I was very happy to to see to see Pierre there and yeah. um yeah I'm a little upset though that uh that one of the hosts is a a big Ranger fan mm-hmm. Johnny Lazarus um who worked for us uh, works for us at Action Network as a as a freelancer and it's just look Johnny Lazarus is the nicest guy yeah. uh he's he's pretty big on Ranger t- Twitter and as a yeah. Ranger podcast and he gets dunked on a lot because he's he's just a huge Rangers fan mm-hmm. um. And I hate to tell you this because I I would love for everyone to hate these kind of Ranger fans, but he's just the sweetest person. <laughs> uh, and you 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 just wouldn't believe it. Like I, he's such a nice kid, and mm. he's so polite. Everybody on on the Action Network editorial staff is like that kid. Johnny Lazarus is the most polite guy. He's always looking for feedback, and when you fix something in a story, he's so appreciative. Um, but so, you know, if, if you're someone who's given him mm. a hard time on Twitter, go right ahead. I don't care. And, and he's, he's pretty good <laughs> at taking a punch, but, uh, just right. know that he is genuinely as, as, as mm. just a sweetheart, but I, I'm a little upset that I didn't get a chance to, uh, that, that it happened on that day. And I didn't get a chance to talk to him about uh, what's going on yeah. across the, the river. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, well, before we get there, so did, I mean, did you and Pierre have any like interactions sort of off camera? Did he? No, we didn't get a chance to. I'm upset, but hopefully, hopefully the next time I'm on with him again, um, and I can keep building that rapport, and and we can get him on Weird Islanders, and except he'll (laughs) sign up, he'll sign up for all 337 people on the list. (laughs) One man, one guy, Pierre. Please, we're begging you. You know, at least start with one, and then we'll get on the other one. But oh my god, that would be the that would be our final episode if we ever got Pierre McGuire. That would be the end. The final final boss of Weird Islanders. Yeah, we would we would never top that, but. uh, Let's take baby steps first. If you get on again, we'll, we'll see where we can go. But uh, yeah, so uh, I'm glad to hear Johnny Lazarus is a nice guy because every time I see one of his tweets on my timeline, my eyes roll so far back into yeah. my head that I can feel them in my throat. <laughs> he has that effect on you, and yeah. and, uh, and I get it. But yeah, he, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that <laughs> he, he's someone that you definitely want to hate as an Islander fan, but he yeah. makes it impossible. It's 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 so annoying <laughs> how funny. nice he is. That's great. Well, hey, hey good. That's, I'm glad to hear it. But uh, that doesn't mean he's good at Twitter. But anyway, <laughs> um, but speaking of the Rangers, so we well, all right. So we won't dunk on him, but we can dunk on the Rangers who have, in fact, parted ways with Gerard Gallant, which kind of makes it sound like he was almost like, yeah, I'm out of here. I don't need this crap anymore. And they were like, all right, well, we're going to fire you anyway. So goodbye. Um, it's pretty obvious that he and Chris Drury weren't on, on the same page together. They lost in game seven, embarrassingly. To the New Jersey Devils, it was shut out. Thank you, Devils. I believe we covered that. Um, and now Gallant is out of a job because, as we all know, he has a two-year limit on when he, how long he can coach teams because this is all he does. He coaches teams for two years, they're successful, and then he's gone. I have a feeling he'll pop up against someplace else. I bet it, I, it's probably going to be Washington. Uh, I joked about Columbus, but then I was like, no, wait, he coached there already for two years, so he ain't going. Probably ain't going back there. But um, I would I could totally see him coaching in in Washington or Anaheim, I suppose. But uh, yeah, this is this is pretty funny, and we never want to see anybody lose their jobs for each. Obviously, uh, that's not something that we enjoy here. But uh, when it's the Rangers, it is kind of funny. And of course, now it's like, well, the Rangers can't hire another first time head coach. They've got to get a veteran coach. Well, who's a veteran coach out there? Well, it's got to be Joel Quenville. Nope, won't be Joel Quenville. <laughs> the, uh, Brooks has spoken. Larry Brooks has spoken. It won't be Joel Quenville. Maybe it'll be Mike Babcock. Great, just just as bad. Let it let him have Mike Babcock. 
they talk about all these guys and you know some i, I saw somebody some rangers fans were like oh they got to bring the guy up from from hartford please that'll be great and then i'm like they just made the playoffs for the first time in five years if i'm not mistaken down there so uh that would be like the islanders i guess getting brent thompson to replace uh Lane Lambert at some point, knock on wood. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen anytime soon. But yeah, I mean, whenever the Rangers fire a coach, it's always fun for Islanders fans. They uh, There's a lot of soul searching going on out there. They have a lot of guys to sign, not a ton of room to sign them. I love how they got pushed around. This team needs to get tougher. This is also the team that traded Ryan Reeves this year. <laughs> and then, then his new team got bounced in the first round too, so... A lot of good he did this year. Um, it's a mess, and it's great because it's the Rangers, and we can make fun of them for it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is this has been a delightful hell, time. Yeah, the hell that they put us through last year. Yeah, and what's right. what's what's really nice about this one, and and I'm not going to make the same mistake I I made last year and say that I can't imagine the Rangers getting the same kind of luck that they did mm. that they got in uh, the 2022-21-22 season because th- they somehow found a way to, to up up <laughs> up it. Uh, and I don't want to tempt the the gods again, but uh, the, what I want to say is that they they caught a lot of breaks this season again, and it didn't land them uh, a Stanley Cup. It actually got them bounced in the first round. They got incredible goaltending in this first round series and found a way to squander it. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't like they got beat. They 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 got their asses whooped, uh, despite <laughs> it being a four two and. Yeah. It led to some some Ranger soul searching, which is great, and had you know, some Ranger fan friends being like, "We got to trade Panarin. We got to trade this guy." Yeah, like, you know how are we how are we going to find someone to take Lafreniere? Are it's it's incredible to watch because, mm. and this is this I want to bring this up about Matthew Nice. Uh, oh yeah, the you know the you think Connor Bedard hype train is out of control? Yeah. Let's talk about Matthew Nice. Um, last playoffs Lafreniere when it ended, everyone was like, "That's it. That was that was his breakout. He's he's ready for a big big season next year." If 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 you could just tell from from what we saw from out of him in the playoffs, and then guess what? Th- three months happen. You go to training camp. We're like five months removed from from that quote unquote breakout performance from him, <laughs> and he has a terrible season and a terrible playoff. And so it's it, like these things are they're very rarely linear and so if when matthew nyes gets out of the gates really slowly next year and is playing for the marlies <laughs> uh don't be surprised that mm-hmm. the, the player that looked pretty decent in the playoffs doesn't uh, show up yeah. right away out of yeah. camp and uh, our friend elliot friedman making the point the other day that uh the reason the, and listen i'm not going to dunk on the leafs yet it's not over let's just yep, wait until it's done but uh, he was saying that uh, maybe the reason that they're having such trouble is because this guy who, you know, hadn't played an NHL game before round two was now hurt. So this is the kind of hype that Mike is talking about right here. It's yes. little... um, so, but it was fun to watch the Rangers go down in this fashion because you mm-hmm. knew it was going to lead to some heads rolling. Uh, you knew it was going to lead to the potential of the owner meddling, which it seems like he is. <laughs> there was that rumor about Turk and Chris Drury getting into a fight. I love that Drury is just, completely yeah. avoiding any heat <laughs> any right. heat at all here like that this is turk gallant did not go out and trade for patrick kane and vladimir tarasenko weeks mm. apart and, and and completely discombobulate his salary cap for a couple weeks because he needed yeah. to get patrick kane uh that was not turk 
Kalan. <laughs> I think Tur- Turk probably was t- desperately trying to get, you know, yeah. Derek Grant or you know bring Dave Boland back from wherever he is, yeah. uh, to to play. And uh, yeah, so Turk goes, and now we get to to kind of watch the Rangers do a a little bit of a a dance uh, in the off season because they've got they've got some 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 issues. They are the Rangers, and they always find a way to catch a break here. Uh, so don't be surprised if you hear that, like Adam Fantilli will only play for the Rangers, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know, like oh, it's, God. Yeah, you know, so, something yeah. like that will come, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, but they like this, the, their, you know that that saying, uh, "Rumors of my demise were greatly exaggerated." Mm-hmm. It 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 was really hard to convince people this, and it was kind of hard to convince myself of this as well. But when the Rangers were eliminated last year and everybody was like, this is the team that I'm picking to make to, to make the Stanley cup Rangers avalanche for the yeah. Stanley cup final next year. I want to be like, look, rumors of how good this team are greatly exaggerated. Uh, and this is probably the peak for them because mm-hmm. now they're, you know, the Islanders cop so much shade for being an old team. Panarin's 31. Zibanejad's 30. Kreider 32. Yeah, yeah. Kreider's been around forever. Jeez. Yeah, and and these guys are making you know big money. Uh, Trocheck's going to be thirty, uh, right? Uh, how old Truba's going to be thirty at eight million for mm. for that kind of defenseman? Like this is not a, a a young team at all. And but in everyone's mind, they're this like young, fast team. And like, <laughs> you know, that's that's what the Devils are. Everybody's right. got a no trade clause. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like right. uh, they're they're. Kako and, and Lafreniere are, like you said, heading to Busfield. I actually think Kako, like, if if they traded him, like, they could actually get something back because he's, like, had some some moments, I guess, whereas Lafreniere, God knows what they'd be able to get back. But they got to sign him. Like, this is yeah. this is good stuff and, and deserves to be celebrated uh, mm. for sure. And I think that's why that Devil's win was so huge because, like, it, it did physically feel like a weight was lifted off of our shoulders, but it also began what could be a very fun demise for this team (laughs) that from the 2004 lockout on hasn't really had one they had that little cute little rebuild where like you're not the letter yeah the letter you're not doing shit you're you're just bad and you're just waiting for a couple players to fall into your lap and guess what they did like jacob jacob truba said he wanted to only get traded to new york yeah. Adam Fox would only play for the Rangers. You won a draft lottery. You yeah. got to pick second overall in another draft. Like this is, <laughs> this is back to back drafts. Second first. Yeah. Uh, and I'm and there's no way that Tarasenko or Kane were going anywhere other than here either. Right. Like I guarantee you. So. Yeah, Kane for sure wasn't, and I right. think Tarasenko probably said the same probably thing. Like they both had no movement clause. Right. So this is not this. That's not how it goes. That's not a a you know painful rebuild the buffalo sabers haven't made the playoffs since 2011 yeah. whatever it's been yeah. like that's a painful rebuild yeah what the what the coyotes are going through yeah that's a little different like this is not right the blue jackets like this is you guys did a cute little thing and, and now everyone thinks it was brave that you sent out a letter to your fan base dude the islanders rebuild ended when the guy walked out the door <laughs> to play for somebody else that is a failed rebuild that rebuild never even happened. The guy left. Like, and uh, again, I, I don't want to go off on a leaf thing, but like, there are like some people are like, oh, how, 
you know, it's been so long. Uh, how many times have the Leafs almost moved, right? Like how many times, how many arenas have they had to play in? How many, how many leases have they had that literally choked the life out of them for two decades? Yeah. Not, not the, how many articles have been written about how the league would be better off without them and they should be contracted or moved to Hamilton. Yeah. Not too many. So miss yeah, me with all yeah. that kind of stuff. But anyway, yeah, no, I, the I most, agree with you. Most tortured yeah. fan base in all sports. Sure. That's what yeah. they were. That's what they were labeled as. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is, it's fun to watch this fan base that doesn't know. I always, I always bring this analogy up and I'll do it again. That, uh, in Miracle, that movie, Kurt Russell has mm. hurt Brooks and his assistant coach, who's, I can't remember the name of the actor, but he's a great character actor. Yeah. He's in The Americans, which is a great show. And he's like, he plays uh, I, I can picture his face. Now I got to look him up. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> uh, he's got the kind of reddish hair. Yeah. Um, I think his name in The Americans is Stan Beeman. And he's right. uh, just, he's just a, just a terrific character actor. Uh, and the, the, the U.S. is beating the Soviets late in the game and like they're waiting to see if Noah Emmerich uh, that's the guy Noah Emmerich name. yes yeah they're waiting yeah. to see if if uh if uh the coach is going to pull the goalie and he's like panicking and, and Herb Brooks is like he doesn't know what to do mm. and that's how I feel about Ranger the Ranger fan base when stuff like this happens like they mm. just don't know how to handle this whereas for the Islanders like wait a minute you're freaking out because you just got bounced in the first round a year after you made the <laughs> Eastern Conference final and you're right. you've got the deepest pockets of any team in the league and you play at Madison square garden in Manhattan. Like mm. you think that's a big deal, Yeah, man. Like, no, I, I could show you a big deal. And, <laughs> and I could, if, if that was me, I would just be, you know, we'd sure it'd be sad. The season's over, but we wouldn't lose our heads. That's the difference. I think between, you know, us and them very, yeah. uh, you know, big difference. I always say like their, their fan base is very transactional yeah. and for Islander fans. It's, it's, it's all about the journey. And, uh, but like, watching them not know what to do in these situations has been quite a joy <laughs> that I've, I've, I've definitely in, in, sat back and, and kicked my feet up and mm. watched them trade, uh, you know, all these people and, uh, and knowing full well that, like I said, they'll catch some break, but they haven't yet. So until they do, I'll, I'm going to soak this one in for, for as long <laughs> as uh, this happens. And when hopefully they make a really stupid, stupid decision and, and hire, some some you know piece of trash coach or something and we can all laugh at them and <laughs> yeah uh i forget uh who said it on twitter but it was a friend of ours who said thank god barry trotz has got a job basically oh, you know it's, it's not it's not gonna be him so it's okay but uh yeah i mean they're at the point now where they're gonna have to start signing some uh some contract extensions and hopefully uh a couple of them go the wrong the wrong direction which would be great so uh keep, keep your eyes on that as i'm sure you uh have no choice because you will hear about it all the time uh, from uh, our New York hockey media. Okay, um, this has been a, a bit of a supersized episode. Obviously, um, we uh, had a lot to cover. And uh, yeah, if Lou or Lane ever makes an appearance, uh, like the Groundhog, uh, seeing its own their own shadow, we might maybe we'll do another one. Who knows? Depending on what they say, I guess. But uh, I just want to give an update for how the off season is going to go in terms of the podcast and uh, leading to next year. Uh, I mentioned this last week and, you know, just to kind of go over it again, we are going to be doing what we did last year, which was alternating anxiety and weird Islanders last, last week was both just kind of how the way the, the season shook out. But this week is anxiety. Next week will be weird Islanders. The week after will be anxiety, weird Islanders and so on until the end of June. Now, if there's big news, somebody's hired, fired, traded, whatever, we'll jump on and we'll probably talk about it. But uh, basically that's going to be 
the schedule. I'm going to keep Weird Islanders on Fridays just because they've kind of been there all season. So, you know, you might go a whole week without getting it, but then you'll get a Weird Islanders on Friday. So that's the plan. Anxiety this week, Weird Islanders next week. Anxiety, Weird Islanders back to back. Now, the Weird Islanders season finale will be on June 30th. Season finale will be back next year. So that'll be the last episode of that. And then our season finale will be on July 2nd or 3rd. So free agency is back to July 1st this year. Uh, we'll find time after that to talk, maybe the second, maybe the third, whatever. Obviously, it's a holiday weekend. We'll figure something out, and uh, and we'll get together, and that'll be our season finale for Islanders Anxiety. If you're a free sub uh, person and you're on the regular feed, that's where it'll end, and we'll come back in September again, you know, barring any kind of big news or something like that. Now, if you are a Patreon subscriber, things are a little bit different. Okay, Country Club subscribers will get... One mailbag episode, one country club episode, and a book club post per month, as you've been getting this whole time. Uh, we just did a mailbag. We'll do another one in June. We'll do another one in July, another one in August. Country club atmosphere episodes as well. And uh, you'll get those throughout the off season. Now, here's where it gets really kind of cool. All Patreon subscribers will get exclusive early access to season two of Islanders Award winners starting on August 1st, plus ad-free versions of season one episodes throughout the week of July 17th. So uh, I've been working on Islanders Award winners this whole time. It's been a very long time. I was all set to go earlier this year. SB Nation pulled the rug out from under us. Things got a little bit wild. The Islanders season was teetering on the brink. Didn't seem like the right time. This summer is the right time. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, that is both tiers, you will start to get Islanders Award winners episodes season two starting on August 1st. And then again, a couple of weeks earlier, you'll get all the episodes from season one without ads. If you are a free subscriber, you will also get Islanders Award winners, but that'll start on October 10th. So right around the start of the season. And so if you're a country club tier subscriber over the Patreon, you will get content every week this off season, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> there will always be something for uh, you if you sign up. It's five bucks a month and uh, you'll have hockey content all summer long. And then that brings us right to training camp right to the opening of the season, and uh, we'll be back at it. So sorry for the long-winded uh, address, but uh, I wanted to kind of get that out there. And um, you do some newsletters too. Maybe we'll get that in there as well. Yeah, yeah I'm waiting to see. Um, you know, I'm just waiting for a couple results to, to wrap up in the uh, out-of-town land yeah. before. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. be putting stuff out for, uh, you know, the big days in the in the off season and yeah. uh for the islanders that's usually september 1st <laughs> um, right and and i'm i was looking into I, I haven't even told you this so this is oh Ooh. This is a breaking news for you too but i know i've been looking into and i don't know if it's possible like a mm. on on like july 1st or something doing a um sort of like a live thing uh for oh. on the patreon but I haven't really quite figured out the logistics of it yet and um, how it you would work, to, but you know what? I think I have a, I might have a solution for you. I'm going to look there into you go. it. But it, and it's a Saturday in the summer. Yes. yes. So like, you know, it, we have to figure that out and, and I don't know what it would look like, but um, yeah, maybe, maybe that way you can avoid having to watch uh, <laughs> trade center. Mike Johnson say yeah. <laughs> it's down to the Islanders and devils for Johnny Gaudreau for three hours, you know? <laughs> Let's go to Jeff O'Neill and Jeff O'Neill. Like, uh, yeah, you can just yeah. listen to us or watch us and some friends talk about 
um, how the Islanders will let us know that they that they've uh, signed, mm. uh, you know, Cody Glass or something in, <laughs> in, oh, in September. In September, I don't know. That would be pretty cool. But yeah, all right. So there you go. So if you're thinking, you know, why would I sign up for a hockey po- podcast Patreon for the summer? We just gave you a whole bunch of reasons to. <laughs> so uh, you should definitely check it out. We're again early access to Islanders Award winners season two. You get ad free episodes from season one. You get mailbag episodes, country club atmosphere episodes, book clubs, newsletters. God only knows what else that we can throw at you. We're going to definitely bring it to you all summer long. Uh, But you know what? If you're a free subscriber, that's cool, too. You will also get Islanders Award winners starting in October. We're going to be here until free agency. So whatever happens after free agency, we'll be talking about early in July before we head out. And obviously, if something big happens, we'll jump on because we need to talk about it, as always. Uh, Okay, this was a supersized episode. A lot to go on. But, uh, hey, the Islanders haven't talked yet. So I guess we we all have a little bit of extra time. Let's hope it's not rendered moot by uh, yeah. <laughs> 11 a.m. press conference oh god oh man that that's the thing too not to get back to it but just just to wrap it up like you know there should have been a tweet right like one of the reporters somebody saying andrew gross being like islanders schedule thing at 11 tomorrow you know we'll be there we'll finally hear from lou none of that no. so you know it's nine thirty-eight on tuesday right now and we haven't seen anything so i'm assuming that there's not going to be anything on wednesday but you know who knows yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. and 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 the fact that you, and once again, not surprising that just the fact that nobody's picked up on this yeah. is pretty funny because if if uh, if it was a uh, another team, mm. oh, what did you think about how Kyle Davidson didn't declare that he's definitely right. going to take Connor Bedard? Oh Let's gosh. get it to eight minutes of trying to th- get into this guy's brain where the it's intrigue. like, yeah, right. Do you think there's the, a chance he could trade Connor Bedard? I think he just shit. Like, come on. <laughs> like you, you'll talk about that stuff, right? But you don't want to just be like, oh, by the way, yeah, I have not heard anything on about what's going on on the island, and mm. uh, yeah. it's weird because it is weird, and uh, yeah, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> we don't care. They don't care. But that's why we're here. So we're we're here. we're glad to be here. We can talk about this. We're thankful that you're listening to us. We hope that we've. I'll pass at least a little bit of the time uh, before the Islanders actually do talk. And uh, we'll be back, you know, uh, in a couple of weeks at least, or maybe earlier, depending on what they say. Uh, okay. Um, Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Sign up at patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Follow us on Twitter at Islanders Anxiety Pod. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate it. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. If you're most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion, VintageIceHockey.com, code 4Cups, get a free pint glass mug or puck. You spend 50 bucks. Pinot Project. Follow Fans First Sports Network if you haven't already. Fans First SN. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Did I miss anything? I think we got everything. I think that's it. Cool. All right. Well, we'll be back whenever the Islanders <laughs> surface. <laughs> Uh, or not, if they don't say anything interesting. So uh, if not, you'll get a, a new Weird Islanders next week. But uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye-bye.